Influencers, inspiration, and Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. This is Earned by Tribe Dynamics. Here's Connor Begley. Um, so first of all, I can't tell you how excited I am for today's interview. Um, but before we get into that, I really want to thank the team at Ipsy. So Ipsy's Studios has put this on. We have the amazing Nick and Robert helping us out over here uh, that have set us up with such an official setup. Uh, I feel like Joe Rogan Truly. all over again, episode <laughs> one. Um, and with it being episode one, I can't tell you how excited I am. It is you, right? So, so who you is, is this is Ashton Wall. Um, so Ashton Wall is the director of performance marketing at ColourPop. Um, and also oversees 4-3 Beauty and Soul. Um, and so the thing I'm most excited about is I think I'm going to actually learn a lot today. I have a bunch of questions that I've been waiting to ask her. Okay. And so, um, and I think the reason that we're going to learn so much today is uh, ColourPop has exploded since uh, since you started, which is so exciting. Um, so if you were to look at the data, um, since you started in early 2019, ColourPop has grown over 108% year over year um, when the whole category is in decline. Mm -hmm. So the rest of the category is negative 8% in EMV. Um, and you've also had the successes at Soul and at 4-3 Beauty, which have you know jumped in and out of the top 10 rankings that we yeah. track, which is so exciting. Um, and so that's why I'm excited today. Um, but before we get too much into my excitement, I'd love to have you introduce yourself yeah. and tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, and I think today what we're going to cover is we're going to cover your background, how you got into the role that you're, you've gotten into. So for the people that would like to be who you are, um, how do they get there, right? What's the path that they can take? How can they learn? Um, and then talk a little bit more specifically about the strategies you've employed, how you got to being the number one brand we now track in cosmetics. Um, and mostly I'm just so excited to have headphones in this. I feel so official. Um, so anyway, so introduce yourself. Yeah. Hello. Uh, my name is Ashton Wall. I am director of performance marketing at ColourPop, um, but it was a long journey to get here. So I would say that this is definitely my dream job. I love it. Um, while my title is performance marketing, quote unquote, um, I really just consider that marketing, right? Yep. So uh, I definitely work very, very closely with our founder and whatever she wants to go after with her wild, ambitious ideas. I jump in with both feet, ask her, how high am I jumping? Let's do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a little bit about my background. Uh, I went to Santa Clara up yep. in the Bay Area. I studied business and undergrad. <clears throat> and while all my classmates were you know, going off to Deloitte for consulting or trying to get that junior PM job at Apple or Google or Facebook back in the day that didn't quite feel like me. Yeah. And I pulled a wild card and I went to art school after. I didn't know that. I should know that. I did a lot of research on you too. So the fact that I didn't, it's, it's hidden. Okay. It is, it is, it is. Okay, it's okay, it's okay, hidden okay. on purpose. Yeah, because I'm just like, how do I tell that story? Um, but imagine, you know, graduating with this degree, your parents are so proud. They're so excited to hear like what you're doing next. And I'm like, I'm going to art school, guys. Like that, that, that is my calling. I mean, that conversation with my dad, he well, looked know, like he saw a ghost. Private school is really cheap. So, you know, Santa Clara was a really, you know, I can understand why they weren't bothered by it. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so I, I always say my dad looked like he saw a ghost when I told him. Um, so yeah, so I, I packed my bags and I moved down to LA okay. and it was between 
Otis or FIDM. Okay. And I uh, essentially landed on FIDM because they had a post-baccalaureate accelerated program. So I wanted a degree in product development. I was convinced that I was going to start an athleisure line. And this was back in 2010. I I didn't realize that would be a degree you could get at art school. But I guess FIDM is kind of... Exactly. And that's what I liked about it. Like it did kind of cross over. Exactly. Um, And so... that's Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising? Correct. Correct. In downtown Los Angeles. And I remember my dad being like, yeah, my daughter's going to seamstress school. Okay. Um, So yeah, so then I... I, you know, I touched down in LA, I went there and I quickly realized similar to kind of how I felt at Santa Clara. I'm like, oh God, I am not as artsy as my classmates. I mean, everyone's rolling in with pink hair and just the most wild ideas. And I'm like, okay, I, I can't hang. Like I'm not quite here either. <laughs> You're a little too Santa Clara. A little too Santa Clara. Exactly. Exactly. But then when I was at Santa Clara in my business classes, especially in my accounting classes, I felt like I was a little too fit you know, yeah, or yeah, a little yeah, too yeah, FIDM. Yeah. So yeah. I never quite fit in either bucket. Um, so anyway, uh, about a third of my way through my journey at FIDM, I was like, okay, you know what? I've come this far. Like, I'm going to get this degree, but yeah, like, this yep. is this is not me. So I sought out um, a couple of classes at UCLA Extension in okay. business, and I was like, I just need to get my feet back wet back in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I heard- Because you were marketing and comms yes. at- Santa Clara. At Santa okay, Clara. Cool. Yes. Um, so I wanted to like dust off my finance chops and kind of get back there. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to like do a hard left back into finance. I'm going to Deloitte. Here we go. <laughs> Hold my breath. Um, and then we had a guest speaker at one of our classes who was Tracy Denunzio, the founder of TradeZ. Cool, cool. Um, and this was before TradeZ blew up by any means. I mean, I think this was when it was her and her ex-husband just yeah. like working out of their garage starting yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. But she had such... a a pure vision. And I was just so captivated by everything she was saying, which was, you know, every product is going to have five lifetimes in the future. Like they're not, Mm. it's going to have five owners at least. I'm like, wow, this is, this is fascinating. Which Um, was so innovative at the time, right? At the time. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was. I mean, I remember going to, I was on like a panel and it was somebody who had been investing in luxury for a really long time. And the other people on the panel were, it was like the, um, one of the co-founders at The Real Real and whatever. And he was like, for me, you know, my generation, ownership was what was rewarded, right? Like ownership was what was special. Like I own this. Yeah. And now The Real Real and Rent the Runway and some of these others are like really flipping that on its head. Oh, yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Like what's special is newness. What's special is having something that's unique. What is, you know, and so it's created this whole secondary market. And, but that at the time was not common not even close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but keep in mind, you know, I was I was very young at the time. Instagram was rolling out. I felt like I had a new have a new outfit every time I posted an Instagram. Yeah, but when you're right out of college and in art school with negative dollars, <laughs> um, that's not a possibility. So anyway, I was captivated so the product by product connected with you. The product connected with me. She connected with me. I was yeah, like, I don't yeah. know who this woman is, but I need to work for her. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and after that, uh, I quickly went online and I was like, how do I work for Tradesy? Um, How do I, how do I find a job there? There was an internship posted unpaid. I was like, oh, here we go. Another blow to the parents. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what, guys? (laughs) I had one unpaid internship in college. I went for one day. I was like, no, I'm not. I can't do this. (laughs) I was just like, sorry, guys. I wrote an email. I was like, I'm good. Like, I I think I'm going to be all right without this on my resume. (laughs) Oh, so I went full force. Um, So I, I went to the interview 
Um, I came with like all these documents, all these spreadsheets. They're looking at me like literally we just need someone to steam clothes. Like who, who even are you? <laughs> um, and I did an even interview with Tracy, of course. But the company was small at the time, about like seven, seven or eight people. Yeah, super. And yeah, so I came in as an intern. I'm like, what are my hours? When do you guys need me? And they said, um, just come whenever you you feel like it. We just need help. I was like, oh, God, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I came, I came on, and um, I got to know Tracy. I remember the first day I saw her, I walked right up to her, and I was like, hello, I'm your new intern, Ashton. And she was like, great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> who, yeah. who are you? Um, <clears throat> but I remember saying, okay, I need to turn this into a full-time job. I need to find a way to turn this into a full-time job. And so I said, I'm going to give myself 30 days. And lo and behold, like within 60, I was hired on full time. Yeah, I like yeah, I just yeah. made myself expendable. I don't even know what I did. I was just throwing myself into every project. So when I came out of school, I actually had a few different job offers. And I graduated in 2009, which was like the peak of the financial crisis. Oh, gosh, yeah. And so, you know, so I was like terrified that I wasn't going to get a job. I ended up getting a couple different job offers. And, you know, one was really stable. It was like Wells Fargo. It was going to be, you know, 70K a year plus benefits and whatever. And then um, that wasn't supposed to start for a month. And I also got offered a job at a startup that they're like, I interviewed on a Friday. They called me the afternoon and were like, hey, can you start Monday? I was like, okay. I was like, I've got a month to kill before my other job starts. And so I uh, started at that job and I was making $15 an hour, no medical benefits, like 30 people at the time. I remember during the interview, the door handle fell off. So like the door, <laughs> like I walk in, well, first of all, I walk in, the, the girl at the front desk is in like a velour sweatsuit and looks really hungover. And then I meet who's going to be my future boss. He's got a backwards hat and he's in like flip flops and the, like, the door handle falls off on the door to the conference room. And I'm like, where am I? And then, you know, had this interview and I was like, well, I have nothing better to do. So I started working there. And I was like, wow, I think something really special here is happening. And I ended up walking away from the other job. Wow. And this was pre-Obamacare. So I actually had no medical benefits for the first five or six months, which like, you know, so I was like, I didn't go snowboarding. I like avoided anything where I could get injured because I was terrified of going bankrupt, basically. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. So anyway, similar, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that was an interesting conversation with your parents as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Back in my, my mom was like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah. completely. Um, and same thing. No no benefits. I mean, I'm not even going to say my pay. I'm just not even going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was paid. Um, and, okay, so yeah, so I, I got my feet wet. I worked really closely with Tracy, the founder. And um, I just kind of learned her working style, which is similar to Laura. Uh, yeah. the founder of ColourPop, in that she's very, very reactive. She has a very strong vision, and yeah. she's looking what's happening in real time and just going for it. Yeah. So I learned that kind of pace of work very early in my career, and I'm grateful for that because I feel yeah. like if I had started at a Deloitte or you know wherever else, I think I probably would have been a little bit precious about things yeah. and feeling like everything had to be overly processed. And uh, it's funny because Laura always tells me that's like her favorite thing. She's like, I love how you just aren't precious about anything. I'm like, no, let's fucking go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so – So uh, how, how do you yeah. – not to, not to yeah. slow the train, yeah. but like – how do you manage process in an environment like that? Because I think we were really like that early on. Yeah. And I think eventually it derailed the train a little bit. And we yeah. had to like get it back on the tracks because yeah. we were just moving almost too fast. So like obviously you've gotten to a scale and success that was is beyond anything we've achieved. So like how how do you manage that, you know, as it as it scales and as you know, the, you know, the organization is just really big right now to move fast is really hard. It, it is. Um, so I attribute that to a few factors. One, we're vertically integrated. Yeah. Yep, um, yep. That is a huge competitive advantage, right? So uh, we, we answer to nobody but ourselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we're not working with a contract manufacturer that's yep. saying, hey, I have to have this concept nine months in advance yep. or whatever it might be. <clears throat> so that's a huge help. 
Um, two, I think that not necessarily the whole organization functions in the way that the marketing gotcha. group does. Yeah, yeah. I think Laura, yeah, I think Laura does a fantastic job of kind of protecting us from that and yep. saying like, okay, the magic happens in real time. Yep. Um, and that is one of my philosophies of marketing, right? That the magic yeah. happens in real time and you can't over plan it. Yeah. I know a lot of people would disagree with me, but I have felt that Most I have found marketing that calendars are a year out. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or more. And product launches are two years out. Three or years more. Out. And yeah. people want to know, what is your vision for 2024? Like, look, I don't know. <laughs> do you? I feel no. like you're lying if you do. Um, so like, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I have a, like a loose idea of next week, but who knows? It could change. Yeah. Um, and I think that is really the magic of Laura and the magic of ColourPop. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that we preserve that. Of course, we're we're getting a little further out with our planning. Of course, of course. Um, and when I say a little further out, Connor, I mean like four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but even that can change. Uh, but And it goes back to social listening too. I mean that's something yeah. that's so important to us is what are people saying in real time because we have the operational capacity to react to that. Yeah. Not many other people can say that. Yeah. Um, so well, I yeah. know when I was – so I was listening to – Laura and John's podcast. Yes, Breaking in my, Beauty. In my prep. Yeah, this, uh, okay. Which was really fun. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that she talked about in there was like, you know, the thing that was hard for them as a private label manufacturer is like brands were coming to them and saying, hey, what's going to be hot in three years? She's like, I don't know. She's like, I know what's going to be hot right now. Yeah. Like I can tell you this is going to be really cool in the next month or the next few months, but not in two years. And so, you know, it was not only hampering, you know, obviously that's that makes it hard on those brands, but it's hard as a private label manufacturer as well. And so when you combine those two elements, it's just super, super powerful. Super powerful. And yeah. I think too, you know, some of these uh, – incumbents that are planning three years out or two years yeah. out or whatever it is that worked when retail was the number one channel of distribution when social yeah. media didn't exist. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely see people possibly maybe going more to our model. Yeah. Uh, over time. For over sure. time. We'll see. We'll see how I mean, it shakes a bunch out. Of, I mean, there is nobody, whenever you have success, like you guys have had success, um, there's going to people be people that follow, right? Or people that have the same idea or something similar. Yeah. Um, like if you look at, I think Mesa Group just took in, I think it was like a quarter of a billion dollars to basically try to do the same thing, right? And we'll so, see. yeah, of course, you know, friendly competition. <laughs> um, we're friendly with Mesa as well. But I think, um, but yeah, so it, it's, uh, I think people will move to that, but it's going to take a long time, right? Like those are really established processes. These are, you know, people have been doing this for decades, not for weeks or years. And yeah. so that, that, that takes time to change. I think it's going to be a pretty significant competitive advantage for, for quite a while. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and I think the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, our vertical integration and the operation side of the business is built on 60 years of experience. Yeah. So this is John and Laura, our founder's father. Yeah. who purchased a business from Walter Spatz. Um, 1955. So, yeah, you, yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like they came up with this 10 years ago yeah. or five years ago. I mean, yeah. so, yeah. It, it's definitely all of that time just is going to make you significantly more efficient at it, which ultimately is a competitive advantage. So, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Okay, let's dive into some of your marketing philosophies. Sure. So what are some of the other brands that you really admire or you try to kind of draw insights from? Mm -hmm. And these can be brands that are in the industry. These mm -hmm. can be brands that are outside of the industry. Obviously, when you're at TradeZ, I'm sure you're paying attention to a bunch of different yeah. brands. Um, so yeah, so how do you think about that? Do you actually pay attention to other brands? Some people don't. Um, I absolutely yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I am like the consumer of all consumers. Nice. Uh, but yeah. Makes so, you a better marketer. Right. That's what I say. That's my excuse. Um, 
I would say I, I'm constantly blown away by what Everlane is doing. Yeah. Huge fan of them. Huge fan of their transparency, their pricing model, um, the way that they react to their customers in real time. Uh, and I just love the way their brand ethos and how they kind of weave that into everything that they do. Absolutely. Um, big fan of Airbnb yep. and what they've been doing. I yep. mean, that commercial that came out that I think the the tagline was belong anywhere. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I, I love what they're doing and I love that there. And that's probably more for my tradesy days. And, you know, when you take a marketplace, like there's a grime factor to that. Yeah. Used at someone else's. You know, yeah. I don't know how I feel about this. You know, what's funny is I don't have that feeling. Oh, okay. Like, I feel like that's probably there. And I'm yeah. sure that people have, like, thought that for a long time. And certain products are going to have more of it than others. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that's – there are people trying to push into the beauty industry to try to do that. But I think it's, like, a little weirder there. That is a little bit more grime to me. Yeah. But within fashion and retail, like – I mean, who cares? Just right. wander it and you're good. And right? clearly no one does because yeah. these companies, you know, have multi-billion dollar valuations. But um, yeah, so I, I love what Airbnb does. And then another brand that comes to mind, especially in their heyday, uh, Reformation. So Reformation yep. back yep. in 2014 was my Bible. Yep. I mean, the way that they message their sustainability, um, even their brand voice, their email yep. program. Oh, my God, that email program just like <laughs> slays me. I don't know who's doing that, but or who was what doing that. I don't, I'm not subscribed. So what, what's subscribe. It like? okay. um, right. It's, it's just it. listen, I subscribe to every to every brand email newsletter in, in the game. But um, I unsubscribe so, uh, pretty I have quickly. A funny story. Yeah, I have a funny story. So when we were really early on and we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do, we're like, okay, well, data is really interesting. Like, what kind of marketing data can we acquire? And we realized, we're like, well, you know what's really interesting is there's not really any data on, like, email marketing subscriptions. And we could collect, like, it's free, right? We could sign up for these email marketing subscriptions and then see, like, what is the frequency? How, you know, how often are they doing it? How often do they mention sale? What kinds of sales? So we subscribed to like 20,000 newsletters. Oh, I believe you did. And then got <laughs> just an obscene <laughs> amount of emails. Yeah. And then got to track like how often like Victoria's Secret was sending on average it was like 11 a week. It was insane. It was more than one a day. And, yeah. you know, and this is just to, if you just subscribe to the, the, the marketing mailing list. But the funniest part about that was, you know, we did that and we could replicate it with any email address for like 200 bucks. So like you could, what you could do is, if you really wanted to prank your friend, sign your friend up for like 20,000 email marketing <laughs> subscriptions and just destroy their inbox. So they just would get like, it would take you like a year to unsubscribe from everything. I'm like thinking who I want to do this to. I'm like, that's fire. My brother for sure. Absolutely. It's like, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's a pretty nuclear option because I like, think if you did it, you might just, you might never use that email address ever again. Uh, we, oh we never did it to anybody, but we're like, this is a really powerful weapon. I have a mental <laughs> list going. That's amazing. Um, what, one note on that, that for anybody listening in the industry. Uh, so milled.com. Are you familiar with milled? No, no, Okay, no. so many people aren't, which I, okay. I cannot get over. Okay, so milled. milled M-I-L-D? M-I-L-L-E-D. Oh, milled. Yeah, okay, milled.com. Okay. Um, and they scrape every single brand's email program. Mm. So you can type in a brand... Let's say so this is they're doing what we were doing. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can type in a brand, let's call it Reformation. Um, you can toggle by date and you can yep. see all the different segments. So let's say Ref mm. sends out an email on a Monday about a new sustainability line. Um, we can see how many times they segmented yeah. segmented it. We can see the audience size. I mean, it's wild. Wow. Yeah. So um, cool. I, I'm always surprised how many of my colleagues don't how know about this. Should we have done that instead? Like <laughs> 
I hate to break it to you, probably. But the prank, I mean, I really got something from that. So I hope other people did too. That's a, the key takeaway, Connor. Oh my God. I think we still have it. We can still do it. So, you know, yeah. for enough money. Yeah. So it's so funny. So people are always like, oh my gosh, I have a Dropbox folder full of screenshots of emails. I'm like, stop, stop. Just stop. Don't stop do doing that. that. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, How much does it cost? Free. Oh, shit. It's free. Wow. Yeah. You're okay. well, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. There you go. Yeah. There's The internet's just too big. It's like too hard. <laughs> the internet rips, tra- man. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. All right. So cool. All right. So let's – next question. So for you, how do you – so talking about the internet yeah. being so big, how do you keep up to date on like the industry, like industries you're interested in, whether that's retail, yeah. apparel – beauty or keeping up to date on marketing or I know you kind of touch influencer marketing a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you keep up to date? Like what are the, what are your sources of information? Is it books? Is it newsletters? Is it podcasts? Like Um, all of the things. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same. Uh, So I would say traditionally, like, of course I read business of fashion and WWD. That's kind of my Bible every morning and just seeing what they're talking about. Uh, But the kind of off the cuff answer that I think you probably wouldn't expect is Twitter. I am obsessed with Twitter. Um, So I had to delete Twitter off my phone. Okay. Now I just use the browser because it's just as good. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Yeah. I use both, but I like – if you look at my screen time report, it is like – way over indexes on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but I just love the access to great minds. Some of my yeah. favorite follow follows are Leslie Berlin, the CMO of Twitter. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I, I love – Yeah, she is incredible. She's a great follow. Uh, okay. I love Naval Ravankant, who is yeah. the founder of Angel. Angelist, I think he yeah. is like, yeah. yeah, one of the greatest minds of our time. Yeah. Um, Brian Balfour. Mm, um, sounds familiar. Yeah, Brian Balfour. He started a program called Reforge. Okay. Uh, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Reforge, it puts yeah. together a bunch of growth marketers. I've actually gone through the program. Um, and then Reforge.com, his blog, yep. is like yep. absolutely incredible. <laughs> and then another newsletter that I subscribe to for growth marketers is Funnel Cake. Um, so I recommend that. Never uh, heard of that one. Yeah. So milled fu- and yeah. Funnel Cake. Milled huh? and Funnel Cake. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I would say Twitter number one, Reddit number two, and then just like the all the publications you would expect. Yeah. I actually don't do Reddit as much as I should. I feel it's, like – It's a deep, dark hole. It is. I, that's kind of why I stay out of it. Yeah. It's like a little too close to 4chan for me. It's not – obviously <laughs> not there, but it's like I'm starting to get into the dark sides of the internet. And yeah. Like, I don't know. Reddit's pretty harmless, though. Depends. Depends yeah. on what subreddit you're on. But yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing, I saw a really cool graph. It showed, so it, it called Reddit a social network, but it showed the graph of like different social networks over time and like what their peak audience was and how it's changed. And so you see Facebook go like this and like this and like Twitter kind of went like this and this and then Trump happened and it went back up a little bit, right? Um, and the only ones that hadn't peaked yet were Instagram. So Instagram was straight up and to the right and then uh, Reddit straight up and to the right. So they hadn't peaked at that point. And so it's interesting because it's like been a slow roll. Oh, yeah. It's not like it didn't hit immediately. Yeah. But I think once you get into it, I actually got really into Imgur for like a minute. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I-M-G-U-R, yeah, yeah. which is like a – it's like just a photo-based version of Reddit. Yeah. And uh, – but again, I like – I don't know. It was just too much. I had to like delete it. It was <laughs> it was becoming too much of a time suck. Um. Okay. That makes sense. Um. So if you were to talk to people that mm-hmm. are like – I want to be the director of marketing at ColourPop, right? Okay. Like what what would you recommend to them? Like people that are really early in their career, like how can they yeah. get better? What 
obviously some of the resources you talked about would be great, but like, what are some of the steps they can do to, you know, accelerate their own careers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say find yourself at a company. It doesn't necessarily need to be beauty. Um, even if you want to get into beauty, that gives you an opportunity to get your hands dirty in both paid, earned, and also owned media. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you have to be able to weave those disciplines together, whatever that means for you, right? People do paid in different vicinities. People do owned different ways, et cetera, et cetera. But if you aren't familiar with those three buckets, I think it'll – it'll be a hindrance. Yeah. Um, and You'll so I have some gaps. In absolutely. And, 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 yeah. and just with where we're at today, like you, you, you can't be disciplined in just one. Yeah. Um, totally. and so I was so lucky with my career at Tradesy because I got there so early on that yeah. at a certain point, I mean, the marketing team was literally just me and Tracy, yeah. Tracy, the founder. Uh, so I, I had to learn those things by default. Yeah, of course. Um, but I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't, I didn't understand what I was learning and that they, you know, they were in these three different buckets. Um, so yeah, that would be my biggest piece of advice. I think too, um, have at least a year on your resume where you can work closely to a founder. Interesting. Yeah. I just, I think that, you know, I've worked for founders and then I've worked for hired CEOs and I will only work with founders from here on out. There's just a hustle to them and a belief that nothing is impossible that I I can't even explain. We put together this podcast in two days, so... I'm on you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. And, and it just, it just takes you to a place where you're like, okay, I can do this. Like this person yeah. did this and they did not have necessarily like the perfect background Yeah, and they're getting their feet wet in things that make no sense and that they know nothing about. Like one of my favorite things about Laura, she tells people all the time, she goes, I did not have a personal Instagram account until 2014. Wow. Would you ever think that? No, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so that w- those would be my two biggest pieces of yeah, advice. Look at them now. Right? Yeah. It's wild. 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 Yeah. 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 That's cool. I mean, I you know we talk about it a lot, and I think there's obviously there are advantages to being in larger companies, right? There are things that you learn that I think you know can be can be important to your career. But I know that for me, like our our career arc, John and I was, you know, I started a company that my first like internship was at a massive company, like tens of thousands of people. Then the next company was like 300. Then my first round of job was 30. And then the next one after that was founding a company with two people. And I think what was really cool about that arc was like you dove deeper and deeper into what it was like to be at the start of a business, obviously, eventually being at one. And, um, and the thing that's cool about it is, you know, there are risks. The risks are it can blow up, right? So you can do it. You can work at a company that's not going to have any name recognition and that, you know, ultimately takes a little bit of time to recover from. But the rate at which you learn is just astronomical. Like you yeah. just learn so much by necessity because you have to. You have to. Um, and so, yeah, it's really interesting that that's a big, I mean, obviously I'm a big fan of it. Um, yeah. Although, you know, starting a company is is quite, <laughs> uh, you know, interesting, hard. But yeah. um, but that's cool. That's interesting. The hired CEO thing is not a differentiation I would think about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing, you know, with Tradesy too, I felt so lucky in that it started as a small company where I was working directly with the founder. But by the time I left, I mean, there were hundreds of people working there, yeah. multi-hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really, it, I, I feel so blessed, like hashtag blessed, that, <laughs> um, that I was able to have that startup experience. But then the last two years, it was corporate and like they meant business. So it was really cool to see that evolution as well. Did they bring in a new CEO? They did not bring in a new CEO, um, but they brought in, you know, a rock star CFO. Yep. A rock star CMO, yep. um, so that they they stacked that C suite. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really cool, really yeah, really cool to, to see, see all that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Would you ever start your own company? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you were going to yes. start your own company, what? Uh, there's uh, some hesitation there. It sounds like it might already be happening. Well, no, 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 <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. Laura, no. <laughs> um, no, definitely not. My So my dad's an entrepreneur. Cool. Um, he's, you know, had he, I feel like he's like just a cat. He's had nine lives in business. It's so cool to see him. And my grandfather was an entrepreneur. My great-grandfather was an entrepreneur. It is in my blood. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because I remember when I was – um, I had moved out to Chicago for a year for a job that was kind of like a no-name brand. And yep. we can't get into that because I think that is interesting to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That was Mac and Mia, right? That was Mac and Mia. Okay. Uh, and I, I absolutely hated Chicago. I, I yep. It's pretty brutal out there. I can't even speak of it. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, it's okay. really similar weather to L.A. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I remember one point at Chicago, it was warmer in Antarctica. And I'm going to leave you with that. Um, <laughs> that's all you really need to say, right? So that's, I'll leave it there. Uh, but I remember, you know, thinking to myself, okay, am I going to go out and get another jobby job or am I going to, am I, am I doing this? Yeah. And I interviewed at ColourPop and I was a big fan of the brand and, yeah. uh, and I didn't actually, I wasn't a big fan of John and Laura cause there's literally nothing out there about them. Yeah. Um, which I mean, you, I think they joked about like people were calling them the Illuminati. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. If you go on Reddit, and, it is hilarious. I'm yeah, like, this yeah, is yeah. so funny. The things <laughs> that people come up with. Well, I remember early on when it happened, we were, we got told about ColourPop, like you need to start tracking this brand from yeah. a social perspective. And we started doing some searching and we found this like mysterious seed beauty thing. And then, <laughs> but you couldn't find anything. Nothing. And so, and then we, I read the same Reddit threads. I'm like, who is this person or who are these people? Yeah. Who are they? Yeah. Um, and so I, I was kind of lukewarm on the idea. And then when I flew out and met them, I was like, okay, like, fuck, I'm doing this. I'm going for it. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, this, I'm so glad that I didn't just go out and do my own thing. And then I came here because this is, it's truly incredible. And I, I have the freedom as if I were doing my own thing, if that yeah. makes sense. And that yeah. I haven't had at other places, like yeah. to a level of, it, it's just amazing. Um, but yes, I think I would say like within the next maybe five to 10 years, it's something I would entertain. I have yeah. a lot of ideas and I want to share them. Not because I think they're so proprietary, but you just don't, you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like in 2000. Would it be like more consumer side though? Like consumer brand or more B2B or? Um, I'm really into backend software um, wow. for okay. consumer marketers. I, and I know a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah you yeah, sure I, do. I can help out. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, just from being on the marketing side and the brand side, there's so many tools that are, are hyped up in such a way. And then when I really get into the UI, I'm like, okay, this could be so much better and it's yeah. just so clear that these people were never on the brand side and never in the marketer seat yep yep earned to paid yeah, yeah. is there a lot of cross-functional stuff yes do you work with outside organizations agencies mm -hmm. whatever like how do you how do you structure that yeah um so i'll say it's ever-changing so i'll yep. talk about how it's it's looking right now um okay so for paid i'll just start there uh so i i own paid yep. i work with an external agency out of chicago rise media okay who i i sing their praises i absolutely love them Yep. I worked with them at a prior company. They do the day-to-day -day bidding of paid search and yep. paid social. We're doing all the concepting, the copy. I'm telling them what audiences I want to go after, yep. what the strategy is with landing pages, all of that. But they're doing kind of that day trade of – I just call them like little day traders. <laughs> um, but then that's it. That's it for paid. So it's just yeah. me and this little agency out of Chicago, and I have like one person that I and talk do to do, there. And you do – like what what channels do you do? Do you Pinterest, Facebook, oh, great Instagram, question. Yeah, Google, so Yeah, so we do Bing. a lot on um, – <laughs> <laughs> so much to say. Um, I do a little bit of uh, of paid search primarily on Google. I tried out Bing for just for shits and gigs yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with like yeah. a very, very small spend, not my, worth my time, which I could have told you, but I just wanted to see. Yeah, of course. Um, Test it out. 
Yeah, so a little bit of paid search, branded and non-branded, um, a ton of paid shopping. So yep. PLA ads, huge for us. Obviously, yep. you can't beat our price. So if you Google yellow palette, like yep. we're the one to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then a lot on paid social. So obviously Facebook, Instagram. But then we do dabble in Twitter and Pinterest. Okay. We'll pull in, we'll pull out. It just depends on what we're doing and um, kind of what our focus is for the month and the launches in that month. Uh, so yeah, so that's paid. Um, I also oversee our affiliate program. That's yep. 100% me. Um, at this point in time, I am looking for somebody. I think I'm going to hire internally. So I have a couple of ideas of who would be great on that. Yep. Um, but our affiliate program has blown up and is an amazing thing for us. I'm so happy wow. that we're able That's to. Cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, but like, listen, I can't take credit for what I don't deserve credit for. And that is that, you know, Jordan, Laura, um, Sharon, who's no longer with the business, and then some of the other OGs really paved the way to for me to open up an affiliate program that people wanted to be a part of, yeah, right? Of because course. I've been at other brands where we're just starting out and no one knows who the hell you are. No, no, and they're no, like, no, no. why would I post about your coupon code or your, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So I like, I need to own that. Like I, I had a, a, a door open base. for me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But, cool, but cool, it has cool. been amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, that is the paid and performance side of things. Okay, so then email, um, which I guess kind of straddles, you yep. know, uh, email. I have two girls that are yep. dedicated on email. Um, they blow me away. Sometimes yeah. I set goals for them that I'm like, "There's this is not a real goal. There's yeah, just yeah, no yeah, way." Possible. And they hit it. I'm like, "That's cool." Okay, <laughs> yeah. what do I do next? Um, and then what for, kind of goals do you set there? Yeah. Um, so I set. Okay. So my favorite metric for email yeah. is RPM, revenue okay. per thousand. Okay. Um, um, and so just to dig into that a little bit um, for any email marketers out there. Yep. So when you have a huge list, like it's all good and well if you send to everybody, right? Yep. You'll make a, a, a ton of revenue. But is that actually a healthy send versus uh, like a super segmented send? Yep. So revenue per thousand puts it on an equal playing field. Interesting. Um, so I always like them to track that yep. and we'll give them little metrics on that. Um, and then, So you treat it primarily as like direct response though, not as much branding then. Truly. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I do. But, it, but what's great though is so uh, the two girls that are on email, one is very content driven and branding dri driven and she gotcha. actually writes every line of copy for ColourPop and does email marketing. Wow. Shout out to you, Nikki Del Mundo, because you blow me away. You really shouldn't say their names because people <laughs> are going to try and Connor, damn steal it. them. Cut this. <laughs> um, but shout out to you, Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but she she's incredible. But she looks at it from a branding from a branding lens. Yeah. Um, the other person who I will not say their name now, uh, <laughs> who works on email, is definitely maybe a little bit more like minded to me. She's probably yep. more performance based, and that's why they are the dream team. Yeah. Um, because they are coming at it from different lenses. Totally. Um, okay. So then email paid. Um, okay. So then social. Uh, we have channel specialists. Yep. That's as far as I'll go because I think okay. that's our secret sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally um, and then our community team, which rolls up to Amelia um, yep. and goes very deep with Tribe and all yeah. of that. And we can get a little deeper into that. You know, that might be a yeah. Jordan conversation as well. Totally. Um, so, yeah. But anyways, in terms of cross-functional uh, strategies and working together, um, now we're working in a way where, you know, Laura will concept a project, something she wants to get done. And you can yeah. sign up for that project regardless of what your day job is. Which That's I cool. love. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So more project oriented. More project oriented. But don't forget about your day job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also if you're interested about what's going on in India, sign up. Yeah. That's kind of a matrix org. Yeah. Uh, matrix org. Yeah. Which like we've messed around with. We're not big enough for it. I think that once you get bigger, it's something that can, you can do. There's just some management overhead associated with it. Yeah. Um. Very cool. Okay. That makes sense in terms of the structure. Yeah. So, you know, another thing I think you guys have gotten really famous for and that we talk a lot about is, you know, 
one of the ways that marketing and branding and brand building has changed over time is you have this direct access to the consumer. So you are not, you're not disconnected from the consumer via retail partners, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and that feedback loop you can get from them is so powerful. Um, you know, whether it's like, Hey, you know, we really love this person. We want you to do a collaboration with them or, you know, we really love this shade. Can you give us more, you know, Mm -hmm. more of this shade and other products? So how do you guys think about, you know, how marketing funnels into product development and what are some of the ways that you guys kind of do that? And obviously you guys have some special sauce on the manufacturing side that makes it really hard to replicate. Sure. Um, So that is, you know, the center of ColourPop's world. Um, social listening is number one for us. We we ask what what yeah. do you want to see next for us, next from us? What is the palette color that you're dying to have that you don't have in your collection? Yeah. Um, what do you like? What don't you like? Like something that comes to mind is um, pressed glitters. Yeah. Um, people were really all about that until they weren't, and it like just yeah. happened immediately. And we were able to react like within weeks and say, okay, going forward, we're not going to put pressed glitters in palettes. We hear you, cheese. <laughs> um, uh, which is incredible. Why and did they not like it? That's a that's a good question. Um, and I, I think there's a myriad of reasons, right? There's like a sustainability yeah. factor there with uh-huh. glitter. Like glitter is a tough thing. Gotcha. Um, and then like how much glitter do you need? How much glitter do you need? Um, so and it's just like it, it's a funny real how question this for the ages. No, a real question. <laughs> <laughs> I know some really philosophical stuff. Um, but it's it's so interesting to see like another thing that we're seeing is um, you know cool tones, cool mm, tones yeah. versus warm tones, and kind of what that looks like in our playbook. Um, but what's so cool too is just like another tidbit of why I love working there. Um, so I'm I'm a performance marketer through yep. and through. Like yep. I am held to ROAS and ROI. Yep. Uh, but one day I like top danced over to product development and I'm saying, Hey, I'm super pale. I cannot wear these warm tones. I yep. really want a cool tone lip liner and they're developing it and they're naming it Ashton. Wow. And I'm like, what? Where do I work? This is crazy. That's so cool. Um, but yeah, but it just, it just goes back to like just ideas in real time, whether and like, it could be one comment on social media that we're like, that's a good idea. Yeah, like, That's yeah, wild. Yeah. But that's a good idea. Be, it doesn't like, have to be the masses. Yeah. It. Yeah. Just using it as a source of inspiration. Yeah, it's 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 well, incredible. I mean, you're crowdsourcing, you know, ideas, right? Like, Truly. Which is, and these are people that are like so embedded in the industry, know all the products, right? Like they want what's best. They're yeah. not saying it for no reason. And if you're willing to like go on social media and proactively proclaim that like this is what I need, yeah. um, you know, that's there's something real there. Yeah. And there's probably more than one person that thinks that. Absolutely. Yeah. And if we release something and the formula is just a little bit off and we're hearing the same thing over and over again, guess what? That formula is being upgraded next week. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I want to get into, I think we're running to the end of our time. Yeah. So, and there's, I, I mean, I have a dozen more questions I want to yeah. ask. I think we could have done two hours, which I'm like, I've been listening to uh, the Dak Shepard podcast yes, a lot lately. Same. Yeah. Armchair which expert. Is like two hours long. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. And there's like 200 episodes. I feel yeah. like it's just, I hear people say like, how could you listen to something for two hours? It's actually great background noise. You're doing something else. Yeah. Um, Okay. So let's go through rapid fire questions. Okay. First one, generational question, cable, Netflix, YouTube. What do you watch? YouTube. YouTube. It's new. I used to be a Netflix girl. Wow. But now that I'm immersed with all these Gen Zers, I'm like, okay, let me see the Jeffree Star Shane Dawson documentary. Let me see this. Yeah. So I'm really big on YouTube now. You're ahead of me. I'm still in the Netflix generation. I haven't made it to like, I watch YouTube on the weekends. Oh, oh, I do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Favorite book and why? Um, Favorite book is How to Win Friends and Influence People. The worst named book? 
Truly. One of the best. Tru- truly. I yes. gave it to my dad, yeah. who's an engineer. And I was yes. like, dad, you should really read this. Yeah. But I, I, I was sitting there with him like, I hate the name. So I ripped off the cover. Yeah. And then the first page, I had the name and then gave him the book. And yes. then, you know. Yes, completely. Because it just sounds, it, it sounds bad, but it's that's absolutely not what the book is about. It's I'm about so glad. communication and authenticity Thank and you. relationships. I'm and- so glad you clarified that because the title does lend itself to be interpreted otherwise. Love that book. I recommend that for everybody. I don't care who you are, where you are in your life, what you do read it yeah Change. I, get, I, I read it once a year absolutely i give yeah. it to elise who's one of our earliest our, she's our second employee we ever hired and was amazing worked with us for i think over five years and um and it became like you know her bible she just like loved it and was so into it and does the same kind of thing so yeah, yeah. and it's been around forever like since the 40s yeah the 40s yeah, yeah, or yeah. 30s yeah. Yeah, yeah okay what shows are you currently binge watching oh gosh um succession on hbo crushing it so good. I mean, Unbelievable. it's hysterical. The season two ending was <laughs> amazing. Every Everything and more. Um, <laughs> succession on HBO and then um, The Beautiful Life of Jeffree Star, the Shane Dawson doc on uh, YouTube. I haven't watched that yet. It's it's so interesting. It's yeah. so fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, last one. How do you d- – oh, wait. Actually, we have two. Oh, okay. Celebrity crush and why. Oh, God. Okay. Um, my celebrity crush is Post Malone. Which I got a preview on this. I didn't get the explanation. I only got the name. So please explain. Yes, I know. Everyone wants to know. They're like, that's so weird, Ashton. Like Um, pre-tattoos, post-tattoos. Post, like tattoos on the face. But I'll tell you why. It's not that like he's my type. Okay. Um, I talk talk about this with Jordan all the time. It's that he is so authentic to who he is. And that's so clear. And he answers to no one but himself. Yep. Like he, yep. like he is, he is just about whatever he's feeling on that day. And that is the most attractive thing to me. So I don't yeah. care who you are, what you look like, what color you are. None of that. It's just, are you so authentic to yourself that when you walk in your room, you're like, who the hell is that? Yeah. Um, and he fits that for me. <laughs> there you go. I think we got to wrap it on that yeah. one. Um, so thank you so much, Ashton, for taking out the time. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Yeah. I think I already learned a lot today, which is super exciting. Um, and I think as you guys are listening to this, if there's other questions you want me to ask, let me know. Um, and thanks again to Robert, to Nick, to the whole yes. Ipsy team, Elizabeth, Doe, Jen Goldfarb. Um, thank you so much. And hopefully that was helpful for everybody. Thank you We're for having me. We're wrapping the first one. Yes. Woo! All right. There we go. Thanks, right. Connor. Of course. Hit subscribe now. Earned by Tribe Dynamics. Tribe Dynamics unlocks your social media influencer community. Our platform not only tracks and measures your best influencer relationships, but discovers new influencers to grow your business through earned media. Get started with a demo today at tribedynamics.com. Tribedynamics.com.